The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own. My own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father, the gospel of our Lord. They will listen to my voice. Play a game called Simon Says. All right. Come on up here, Miss Cotton Zaro. You're all smiling this morning. Let's get you up here. All right. Let's see who else. All right, Mr. LaPrad, will you go up there and play Simon Says with us? Mr. Roberts, will you come play Simon Says with us? You guys, we got some, you guys are guys praying hard that I won't call you up here. Uh, Miss Hall, will you play Simon Says with us? All right, so we got five. All right. Now, your, your job is, the, the game of Simon Says is simple. If Simon says to do something, you do it. That's the rule. And the good thing about Simon is I'm not going to have you do anything tremendously embarrassing, shameful, or ridiculing, or something like that. We'll be, we'll be gentle on the request. But if, if it's not what Simon says, if it's just another voice that says do it, and they do it, then they're not listening to Simon, they're listening to another voice, and they're out. So you got to be careful. You only do what Simon says, you don't do what the other voice might say. Now, if they pause, you guys are going to be watching them. Actually, you guys, want you, if you want to sit over there next to Mrs. Olenicek, then you can get the view of the other side because we need to have fair reviews of this. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, on this, if they pause too long, like if they're thinking about what Simon's saying, then they get to have a seat. They'll, they'll come sit down here with this. If they do something that Simon says not to do, then you've got to watch for them, okay? So you guys are my Same thing for the congregation. You've got to help me because I'm going to be kind of going through the, the checklist of things to do. You've got to call them out, and we'll pause every once in a while. Simon says... You guys ready? I, we haven't started yet. Yes, this way. Yeah, okay. Simon asked the question, are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Simon says, put your right arm up. Simon says, put your right arm down. Simon says, put your left arm up. Put your left arm down. You're out. <laughs> Boom, that was easy. I didn't even get to the other stuff. All right, Miss Cotton Zaro. You're watching. We're going to see how well this goes. So again, Simon says, put your right arm up. Actually, did anybody put their, pause. Did anybody else put their arm down when I said put it? Okay, just want to make sure. So right now we have arms up. I think we both have, well, someone has an arm down when the other one's up. So is he out? He's waiting. Okay, so let's do this. Simon says, put both arms up. There we go. We're all starting the same spot. Simon says, say, la, 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 la. Simon says, keep saying la, la, la. 
Simon says, slowly make a spin. Stop. Simon says, stop. See, now which one did I say stop to? That's the question. Tricky Simon says. I could say stop everything or just la 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 or spin. Didn't say. Um, So we'll just say Simon says, keep saying la 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 la. Simon says, keep spinning. Simon said it. You got to do it. All right. Left hand down. Simon says, left hand down. Touch your left ear. Simon says, touch your left ear. Right hand down. Simon says, right. All right, we just got a couple more. All right, so we got to resume this la 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 stuff in the spinning because that's where we left off. We could, you get me a technical. Simon never said stop, so you guys are supposed to be still doing this. La 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 spinning. All right, Simon says, put, uh, Simon says hop. Simon says stop hopping. Simon's, are they still spinning? Are they still yeah. saying blah, 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 blah? All right, all right. So here we go. We're, we could keep doing this until it gets kind of crazy, but let's just go and have a seat. So you guys did really good. Thank you very much. Have a seat. All right, so on this, this game, I mean, one, it's just, it's just something to, fun to do, and boy, you went fast. <laughs> all right, so... Does everybody here recognize that the Simon Says game is a Christian-inspired game? It's a Bible game. You got it in the lessons today. Actually, you got it in the lessons last week. Simon Says. What's another name for Simon? Peter. Simon Peter, right? What Peter says. Simon Says, do this, you do it. Peter said, do this, you do it. So Simon Says is a biblical game. So you're playing this is to stir this up and say, when you're around the secular world and they aren't really talking about Jesus, you say, hey, you know that this is Jesus inspired this Simon Says game? And you could bring a little good news into that world. All right, so God gave us this game. And, and part of this game is to remember that Christianity, there are some things about Christianity that are to be fun. God gave us laughter. God gave us games. God gave us sport. God gave us embraces and high-energy events. That's a gift from God. It's not always you pathetic, miserable sinner, you know, turn and burn. It's not about that. I mean, there's times where we confess, and there's times when we really feel sad about what we've done to hurt each other and hurt our Heavenly Father. Fair enough. But we're not to stay there. Not to stay there. There are times when we get to be grateful, eyes up, joyful and alive. All right, so this is where we're going to remember next is what happened about the Simon Says game. Before we got to chapter 4 today, we had chapter 3 about a week ago. And in that chapter 3, Jesus or um, Simon and, or Peter and John are walking into the, into the town. They're getting ready to go into the temple. And as they're going through one of the big gates, the gate called Beautiful, there they saw a guy who had been crippled since birth. He was born with crippled feet, crippled legs. His family and his friends carried him and brought him to that gate every day since the time he was a child, now as an old man. And there he held out hands, waiting for tender-hearted people to show compassion for him and maybe give him enough food that he could buy bread and maybe some other foods and maybe occasionally a blanket, right? He was sitting at that gate because that's where God's people were passing in and out. And God's people were to be generous as they entered the holy city. And so there he sat. These people have been walking by him for years. They'd seen him sitting there for years. They knew. He was like fixture. He was like an appliance there. 
crooked feet there. He knew, they saw his face. They might not have ever known his name, but they knew the man. So one of these days now, here comes um, Peter and John, and they're walking into the city. Now, they just don't walk by like everybody else did. They stop in front of the guy. And this is where you get to the Simon Says. And it's pretty much like this. Look at us. And he got the man's attention. Look, look. Simon says, look. And then Simon says, listen. And then after Simon said that, Simon says, I don't have any gold or silver to give you. That's not what I got. But in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I say, stand up and walk. And he stood up and he walked. Simon said, and he did. Now, the cool thing about this is where we kind of get into the game part of it is that when he stood up and he felt his, his feet straight for the first time, his legs straight for the first time, and muscles and joints and bones all where they're supposed to be doing what they're supposed to do, he started dancing. He started praising God. He did like the happy feet. There's a movie about that thing. Happy feet. Boy, that little penguin had happy feet. You couldn't stop from dancing because he, think about it, his whole life crippled and now he can, he can be like us and walk and be someone who provides for his life and provides for, I mean, what a gift. And not, he just didn't stay at the gate. He followed them into the temple and there inside the temple of God, he was praising God with a dance and with a voice. That had just happened. Chapter three. Now we get into chapter four. Simon says continues. The people in power, they, did, they wanted to keep Jesus down because they wanted to stay big. They're trying to keep this message down to keep Peter down. They couldn't do it. Peter, they bring him in. So by what authority? And Peter's, Simon says, by the name of the man you crucified, you crucified that Jesus of Nazareth, but he is raised from the dead. Simon says he is raised from the dead. And then after that, they start saying about the authority. All authority in heaven. If you want to be in heaven, if you're going to know what salvation is, it's by one name, Jesus. Simon said it in front of all these folks. It was a beautiful day. Terrifying day. Beautiful day. They could say nothing and they could do nothing to stop him. Because God was speaking through him and they recognized that. He was saying what God told him to say. And that tradition actually continues on in the apostolic churches, much like the Lutheran churches, apostolic churches. Jesus called them and they followed. They apprenticed under Jesus for a time and a season. And then when Jesus ascended heaven, he gave him the Holy Spirit. He said, now you go. And your job is to do one thing, to share people the good news. Tell them about me. Tell them about our heavenly father. Tell them about the ways of heaven. Tell them the truth, the ways in this life. Give them life. Get them away from the distractions of the liar and bring them back to life. That's what Simon's mission was. And that's what Simon did. So if Simon said, do something, it wasn't because he had his own authority. He was just following instructions and his authority came from the heavenly father. Simon's authority came from his heavenly father and he couldn't be stopped. Now, on Sunday mornings, we have an echo, as Simon says here. Just as Jesus told Simon to bring healing and forgiveness to the world in his name, you have pastors. We've been called. We've been apprenticed. 
We've been in, prayed over and blessed with the Holy Spirit, and now we are in the place of Jesus saying what he wants us to say. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are one of his children. If God says it through the pastor, it's like the Simon says game. You just take it. If you say, if this pastor says in Jesus' name, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. There's really nothing you can do about it at that point. You're forgiven. If God says you're loved, you're loved. And that's the mess, that's part of this message for the day. So we're going to end the Simon Says game with a simple little thing. This is for the whole church. Um, Simon says, repeat after me these words. I'm a child of God. I am loved. I am forgiven. And I'm given new life. Hallelujah. Amen. Simon Says game over. Going up. Go back to your chairs. Go back to your family. We're going to continue now with the song that will help us bridge over to the next part.
Sometimes it takes music to bridge from our minds to our hearts. One of the last lines said, It was my love for you that brought me from so far away. Good Shepherd Sunday. It's what it's called. And on this day, we now, on this part of the message for the day in our remembrances, remember how far God came to bring us home, to find us to call us to follow, to get close enough and in such a way that we could hear him say, follow me. To hear him say that I can save you and I can heal you. I can give you the best of this world. There's a promise of Christ, child. It was given to us a long time ago. Think about in the church here. We waited from the promise of Christ, child, the Messiah to come in the season of Advent. And God seemed so far away of humanity in that time of the season. It was darkening, darkening days. Um, it's kind of a sad season. The summer was over, the fall had passed, and now we're into winter. And God can seem so far away at some times in our lives. And at times we pray, God, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Emmanuel. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, we sing. And in that season of Advent, it is met with Christmas joy. The Christ child is born to us. God comes to us, this little babe of Bethlehem. He has come from far away, and now he is one of us, just like one of us. We remembered that. But now Christmas, it seems so far away. We're into April. That was like, what, when did that happen? Even in our own lives, that can seem so far away. Then after that, we had Jesus' baptism. Then we had his ministries and his revelation of who he was. And then we have the transfiguration, the fullness of who God is. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in one place, one time, radiating all life in such a way the disciples couldn't even describe how bright this light was. And then from there, journeyed into the cross. That wasn't so far ago, long ago, that we remember the cross. We remember those three days 
the ugliness of humanity pushed on him and his defeating it with his love. The grave. But then Easter. A resurrection. There was an Easter and there was a resurrection. He is not here. He is alive. Just like he told you he was. God's the author of life. If God's not going to live, it's God's choice. And he chose to give his body, but that's not his life. And he's alive and he's well. And he shows himself to his friends, his disciples and hundreds of others. For the last four weeks, we remembered these things. In locked tombs, he comes. And he shows himself to his friends. A second time because he missed one. Thomas. On a road to Emmaus, as they're walking away, defeated, he shows and their hearts burn with him. That was not that long ago. It's not that far away. And in all this, he's appearing and is showing us now who Jesus is. And on that answer, he gives us today, who is Jesus? He is our good shepherd. There's two phrases to that. I am, the name of God, I am. And what's the answer to that? Good shepherd. God is our good shepherd. There's a contrast to that. When you say there's a good shepherd, maybe there's not such a good shepherd. And there is a liar in this world. He wants to have us compromise God's ways. He wants to have us compromise God's truth. He wants us to have diminished lives. He wants us to just make small adjustments to his perfect code, and we end up in trouble. That is a liar. He came to steal, kill, and destroy God's creation. That's not who we follow as Christians. We follow our good shepherd. And we remember that on this day. We're going to read this gospel lesson again for the day. And as we think about our, our role in this, our place in this, as we read this gospel lesson, and we're going to read it, to, you can read it with me, or you can just follow along with just your eyes and not read it out loud. But as we read this, I'm going to ask you to do something. It's a simple request. Every time you get to a part in this Bible lesson, don't put it up, Yeshet, they might cheat. Back it up, back, back it up, what, back. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Crumble. <laughs> so on this, I want you to count the number of times that you have something to do. A should do, a not do, a must do, command to, whatever it is. What is your part of this? And start counting them off, okay? Because at the end, I'm going to ask you the answers, okay? So now we're going to start reading this. All right, Mr. Crumble, let's read this. So start counting in your heads. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. All right. If you heard... Three things that you're supposed to do, go ahead and raise your hand. If you got three out of there. Anybody got three? We got three. Anybody that sees two things out of there that you're supposed to do? We got two things. Going, I feel like the auctioneer again. Hey, over here. All right, it's two things. How about one thing? If you were commanded to do just one thing in this lesson, raise your hand. Let me see a little bit. One hand, just one command, any? All right. How about zero? 
Anybody that caught zero? Good answers, guys. All the rest of you too timid to say something? Come on. It's a family set. We're not going to get in trouble for giving a bad answer here. Um, if you read that again, I encourage you to do so. There's not one thing we're supposed to do in that lesson. Not one. Jesus does it all. We're just sheep. He's the shepherd. We remember that God the Father in great love sent His Son from heaven to earth to show the way, to teach the truth, to lay His life down and save the children. God's doing all that work. What's our role? Be sheep. We are to find comfort and relief in the reality that the sheep do nothing. That's how it starts. We just be His beloved children. We just be protected and loved and embraced by our God. That's where it starts. There have been, friends, we got to know this is coming. There have been and there will be Sundays that are going to be coming up between now and we get in the season of Pentecost, we're filled with the Spirit between there and Christ the King Sunday, where there's all kinds of instructions for the church on how to be the church. That's coming. I, we know that. We've been doing church for enough years. We know that that's part of a season. Pentecost is a working season. Fair enough. We will have education work to plan and do. We will have worship work to plan and do. We will have decoration work to plan. Leadership will have goals and agendas and mission statements and vision statements and the core values. We have a lot of work to be done. How do we decorate churches? How do we consider other buildings? All this work that the church will have to do. How do we adopt people and invite people? How do we love on them once they're here? How do we have small groups huddling do prayers and Bible studies together? How do we do this as a whole family so that all the ages mingle and it's just not age-specific? It's like a family. How do we do all that? Well, that's coming. But not yet. There's no have-tos or ought-tos. Not today. Today, on the fourth week of Easter, we are invited to be sheep. And it was said in there four times, this one word, no. On this day, the idea is us to know Jesus. That's just relationship. It's not busyness. It's like a child in the arms of a parent. Just know. Be held. Know that relationship. Whatever is in your life that's pushing away the relationship, get rid of it and just know him. All the distractions and all the lies, set it aside, come back and know Jesus. You don't go past and make him known until you know him. Peter did not start his missionary work. Simon did not start saying until after he had known, been called by Jesus, known by Jesus, knows Jesus, empowered by the breath of God in that upper room, and now sent by Jesus. That's the order. You've got to know him first. Any churches, any governing bodies, any organizations that aren't about knowing Jesus first, they're not church. They're just clubs. It starts with knowing Jesus first. Then you make him known. Then you do the worship, education, inviting, mentoring, teaching, growing, serving, giving. You do all that stuff second. Starts with knowing him. Well, that's where we're at today. Simon said, He said, Look at me. And he said, Listen. And Simon said to that man, 
He said, be healed. Stand, walk. And he was. Then Simon says, the one you killed is alive. And he offers salvation to anyone and everyone who believes in him, you will save. And he's the only way. That's what Simon said. Today, church will remember and we'll start with knowing. We're in the, uh, in the sermon time with a simple phrase. I'm going to do the Simon Says part again. I'll say the words and you repeat them. Simon says to repeat these words. I am a child of God. God loves me. God forgives me. God has given me new life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.